She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Welcome to another episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast. And this week we have another amazing guest. Honestly, this this guest we have this week, oh my God, it was just so lovely speaking to her. She just has the most beautiful, kind energy. I really connected with her straight away. So on this week's episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast, we've got the very gorgeous Ali Bastian. Ali Bastian is probably best known for being an actress. She spent a number of years in Hollyoaks and then went on to BBC Doctors, The Bill, Death in Paradise, Jonathan Creek, to name but a few. She also waltzed her way to the Strictly Come Dancing semi-final a few years back and then went on to do some work in the West End and musicals and she got the lead role as Roxy Hart in Chicago. And then this year, she went on and had her very first little baby. Right in the middle of lockdown, pretty much, she had her baby. So we talk about that. We talk about mum life. We talk about her amazing career as an actress. And actually, she really embraces vulnerability in this episode. She talks about you know, how hmm, maybe to the outside, her life seemed perfect but actually when she took on certain roles it really had an impact on her and she would come home at night and you know really be very emotional and upset um really embodying the characters that she played god honestly i could have talked to ali for hours I hope that you guys enjoy listening to this episode as much as I loved chatting to her. Let's bring her in. Welcome, Ali Bastian, to She Loves Herself, the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I've literally sat here thinking, how am I going to talk about self-love this morning when I'm experiencing, like, I've had so much, so many technical problems, no sleep, and I'm literally like, that. my inner dialogue is like, you idiot, you're not doing anything properly. Like, <laughs> I'm giving myself such a hard time. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's so funny. And now, uh, yeah, so now I'm going to turn that on its head and, and hopefully tell you about all the positive things going on but honestly some days I'm literally just juggling so much and I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm not doing anything well. (laughs) Listen welcome to the club Ali that's real life right and I think even anyone listening to this gets it we're Ali and I were laughing because before we started recording our our internet was cutting out and then she's got a couple of email addresses (laughs) we're trying to resend it get this recording working but that's why we're laughing. The inner critic goes wild, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I love to give myself a... Re- I don't love to give myself a really hard time. I don't know why I said that, but it's almost like I do. Because it's just the moment things start, you know, I, I do call them my gremlins. But the moment mm. things start going wrong, I literally will find a million and one ways to kind of blame myself for it. I know. Oh, my goodness. Listen, we're all the same, I think. I say this to people a lot when we have a day that we class as a bad day when we feel like oh my gosh I'm all over the place I'm I'm tired and you're a mum to a six month old right so the sleeps you know the the lack of sleep (laughs) is a killer and it starts messing with our minds god you know mine are are nine and six and I still have days like that but it's important to remember it's just a day we can easily start to be like 
oh my God, I've been feeling like this for weeks. And actually it's, it's just a day. That's so true. Like we have a thing as a family that we started doing kind of quite early on if we've had a difficult night or, you know, if she's not really slept or, you know, there's a lot going on. We, we reset the clocks every morning. So we've, and we've got a playlist that we put on and we do dancing. We dance around the kitchen. We just kind of blow the cobwebs away because otherwise the temptation to kind of drag whatever's happened the night before into the day. And, you know, it, it's just, but then this morning is it, I, you know, I'm more full of these great ideas and then we've not actually done that this morning. And maybe that's the thing. We haven't had our little morning ritual because I kind of went, yeah, flight came out of not the best night's sleep and then into um, domestic admin. And, you know, it's so easy to just suddenly find yourself, in you know into the swing of the day and haven't had that moment just to feel the ground beneath your feet um yeah and I've really noticed the difference now if I have a day where I've actually consciously thought how do I want to start today what am I bringing today and how you know uh, what am I trying to achieve or what what's going you know even just checking in with my husband as well how's he doing how because we were at home so much at the moment with everything you know everything that's going on that you know it's totally you know does change the balance of everything so we found checking in with each other kind of daily and ideally in the morning before we're into the day is really really helpful oh I love that you do that you're speaking my language I love the morning routine and the morning rituals I think it's so important to have that time for you first you know whatever that looks like for self-care for me it's getting up it's meditation it's journaling it's some exercise movement maybe a walk whatever it is i'm i'm a huge believer in owning your morning so when we talk about this um embracing like the real the real life okay what was that like for you being an actor? Did you feel that pressure to be a certain way and show up a certain way? I really want to answer this truthfully. Um, I think so. I think I just always had like my professional life and I've always, you know, been interested in my yoga and uh, family time and as you can see from this zoom call we're on you know I am a bit of a scruff and uh, you know I'm either but it was like I was either done up to the nines on a red carpet or um, you know at, at work or kind of in in my real life in inverted commas but those were two really separate existences in a way in a way mind you I say that but then part of a big part of what I've loved and love about what I do is the day-to-day and it's the crew and it's being on set and being part of a team and I really kind of that side of it the um being part of a collective with a shared goal is something that's really that I think has been my biggest driver in it all actually more than really searching for the light in a way I Mm. I really I really, really enjoy um, being part of a team. Um, so, and that family feeling, you know, there's a lot that uh, you, you probably hear it a lot from other actors and um, artists that you get, you 
you do you can get a real sense of family from the people from sort of creative community and the people mm-hmm. that you work with and uh, so that there's that so there's loads of different facets to it so there's that side of it that I think really made me tick then there's the kind of public side of it and the going to events or you know wanting to put certain a certain aspect of myself out there um, and then there's my home life which was always scruffy me in tracksuit bottoms who never brushes the back of my hair and uh, loves you know yoga and mm. walking the dogs and family life and all that kind of stuff and I just feel like as I've gone through my well, I was going to say, as I went through my 20s, as I'm really almost through my 30s, actually, uh, it's all getting, coming a bit closer together. And the, that those, all those facets of myself are sort of finding a bit of a resting place that is oh. a bit more whole and a bit, not, not whole in a way to suggest that I, that any of us are ever not whole because mm. we are, I believe that. But I think, um, yeah, just to find the, the, the the point at which all of those things intersect I guess yeah, yeah. That, but I feel like I'm circling something like it's a kind of spot if this makes sense like a spiral mm-hmm. um of an experience of my life that is sort of bringing me closer and closer to the point at which all the things I believe in and love and I'm passionate about and want to focus on it all kind of intersect and truthfully I don't know exactly what that looks like I don't know exactly where I'm headed I just I feel that I'm on a bit of a journey with things at the moment yeah I love that and I think we, we all do that you know when we're we're small when we're, we're small children we have the dreams and we visualize and we daydream a lot and then we're told not to daydream you know your your head's in the clouds and it's like really not encouraged you know when you're really small it's okay to do that but then when you become a certain age it's like you know don't daydream and you know be academic do your schoolwork, and there's almost that um story of you know you you don't want to sort of do that you can't really that's that's fantasy it's not real and then so we often start to take on okay, so how should I show up? You know, what, what should I do? How should I behave? How should I speak? Um, and we start to lose those parts of ourselves because it's almost like, well, I can't really say how I feel about this situation because I might upset someone or I might offend someone, even if I don't feel that comfortable. And it's, it can be quite difficult to have boundaries, you know, real boundaries in there. Um, and I love when you said that. It's like you're starting to, you've, you've done so much and we're going we're gonna to go into that a little bit, but you've done so much, but now it's like you've come back round. It's like going sort of full circle and it's almost like coming back to saying, well, you know, if I want to do that, then I'm going to do that. But actually, I really want to explore this and this is different, but this feels good and it feels right. And it's having that self-assurance almost in belief to say it's okay you know not to do that thing because I actually want to do this thing and that feels good for me right now and it's it's all about feeling good and feeling good in that moment with what you're doing definitely I think um yeah everything everything that you just said that kind of really resonates um and uh, for me I think finding my own voice as well like being an actress you know we're with the ultimate chameleons um and we can completely inhabit other people you know another world and another um human's experience and there's a 
kind of a beauty to that. And I, you know, I love that. I love understanding, you know, we get our hands on a character. I get my hands on somebody. I'm like, okay, who is this person? What's driving them? What do they want? What are they searching for? What, you know, because there's this kind of belief within acting that, you know, all humans are driven by these deep internal wants and desires and and it is you know that i'll be happy when this happens mm. when you know x y and z so as um performers we're kind of trying to identify okay what are their real real internal drivers and um and what are the obstacles and what's holding them back and or all of that sort of thing, whether they're internal, whether they're um, external, whatever, whatever it is, it's like a little detective, you're like a little detective trying mm-hmm. to figure out um, what's, what's going on with someone. And so that's something that I've like, I love about it, but then also it takes me out of my own experience truthfully. And, um, and there must've been something, you know, for many years that has been really appealing about that. And so as I've, got older to actually feel like well that's great and that's something I can do and I do enjoy the escapism and I enjoy the connection um with other performers and the you know the as I was saying before the sort of shared goals and the shared experience um but I also really actually feel okay being in my own skin mm-hmm. and that took me a little while I think truthfully oh, yeah and I, I can imagine especially when you're putting so much focus on a character and the way you were describing it there Ali is very similar to what I do as a coach you know really go in and unpack right what what's what does the soul need you know what's what's the real truth there when we unpick those layers what's underneath those layers those conditions those programs that we all have taken on those vices those masks and sometimes it's really hard for people to say you know, I actually don't know who I am. I hear this a lot. I feel lost. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know who I am. And I guess as an actor, when you are, especially if you've played a role for a long time, you come away and it's like, because you're acting mm-hmm. a lot to come away and be like, right, so, okay, what, what do I actually need? Or is that this? Or is that that? You know, how, how does that really yeah. feel for me? feel about all of this. Yeah, I definitely had times where, I, especially with Hollyoaks, because I was there, but that's my longest job. So I was there for six years. And I remember playing all of these scenes where she'd, um, they were really tough. She'd got pregnant and it wasn't, she had an abortion. And so I did all of these scenes and I spent days doing them and going through all these emotions. And then I'd come home and I'd cry and cry and cry and cry. And like, I had to really stop myself at one point, like literally grab, you know, grab hold of myself and be like, this isn't yours. This isn't you actually, Mm. you going through this. But I think I was taking, I don't know what was happening to me, but it was, yeah, it was very, very, close to me it just felt like I couldn't uh, separate it out that this was a different this was my character going through an experience and I know that, that I suppose I was just thinking that also depends how you see things as an actor whether you see it that you're completely stepping into the shoes of somebody else or whether you're revealing the parts of yourself that are that thing and I think for me it's always been the second one like I've I haven't ever had held that belief that I can completely morph into a different human but I wanted to show and allow allowed myself to show the parts of me that are vulnerable or the parts of me that are angry or um or whatever the emotion is and then 
uh, yeah, that's been my path with it, definitely. But then at times that is just really confronting because you're just confronted with your also with yourself. Yeah, the shadow parts <laughs> of yourself. Complicated. Oh, it but doesn't maybe- to me. It doesn't to me. I absolutely was. So you, I was really hooked into what you were saying there, and that emotion. Often it is the, the, the shadow parts of ourselves that are showing. And when you are playing a role and there's real emotion like that, I guess it is and easy to come away and then just, because you've actually had to, I guess, to be a, a really good actor and um, to go in and really feel that emotion. You actually have to feel that emotion so that it projects and it comes through on screen. So that when, your yeah. body doesn't know you're pretending. So you're releasing all of those chemicals and that's quite hard going, you know, with, with all of it, your body never knows you're pretending. So, you, you know, we are experiencing this stuff quite deeply. And then ultimately, if yeah, it based on the, the belief that I just shared with you, I guess I'm I've never really sort of thought about it in this way, but I'm, I was experiencing my own pain. I couldn't even invent, you know, I wasn't inventing it and bringing it from someone else. I was accessing something that was in me that maybe, so maybe through acting, I was processing as well some things that were going on within me. But there there are also, as I've got older and I've sort of studied it, actually studied my craft a little bit more, there are boundaries as well to put into place as an actor to to protect you in that sense. And that if you're working with memories, if you're working with things from the past, then it's, you know, not things that have happened within a certain time frame and all all kinds of things that you can put in place to kind of, you know, hold, hold a space for yourself that is safe and contained. And I think that's really that's really important but again it just comes with awareness and uh i think with everything that's happened in our industry the last few years people are just we're all getting much more conscious of, mm-hmm. of what goes on with all, with all industry not just my industry actually with everything just more more conscious hopefully you know what we're all going through as humans and what we're all carrying and working with mm. and inevitably all of us are you know working with something yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I love that and I really love that you shared that um vulnerably with us as well because I, I think a lot of people think oh it's you know this character and oh my god you know their life seems so amazing but actually your body doesn't know the difference between something that's really happened to you and something that you are you're acting out because that emotion is being projected mm. so it's raw and it's and it's there yeah did you have anything back then that you used to almost protect yourself protect those emotions work on the self back then I think for me, it was yoga, actually. That came to me really early on. I was um, only about 19 and a girlfriend of mine, an actress girlfriend that I was working with said, oh, come to the gym. There's a great class. I think you'll really like it. It's like a power yoga class. And we went and did it. And I think already from that little introduction, I was like, oh, there's a bit more here than this isn't just an exercise class. There's a little bit Mm -hmm. more um, for us and it, it just started my journey really with that and I found that really really grounding um, really helpful and then just home life you know when I was living up in Liverpool I got back to London whenever I could and to be with my family and just to kind of ground myself really mm. I think that's 
yeah that's always really helped like coming back and you know I've a lot of friends from school my school years and um you know people that I've grown up with and just yeah you know there are people from like different times in your life that really kind of remind you who you are and remind Mm. you where you've come from and just Mm. yeah that I've always found that really important Oh my goodness, completely. And just touching on that, what was that like when you got into acting? Was that always the dream for you then, Ali? It was actually. I was a child actress. So I started actually when I was 10 working professionally and I went to stage school. Um, And it was something that I always, always wanted. I don't even know where it came from, but it when I was tiny, tiny, I used to put on shows. I'd have all my friends around and be dressing everybody up and kind of directing as well I think <laughs> everybody really the bossy it. one yeah <laughs> although we're not I read something nice about that we're not meant to call ourselves yes. anymore are we yes. so I'm going to stop that no the uh the natural leader the natural leader that's it I heard someone shading that actually the other day saying that I'm not bossy I was a natural leader I'm like yeah. I love that I'll take that. Thanks. Yeah. So I was absolutely, but yeah, I'm sure I was, was getting on everybody's nerves. Um, but yeah, it was just something that was in me and I just wanted to do it. I loved it. I loved it from day one. It really came from me. I don't know, you know, no one in my family does this. So, mm. um, and, and luckily, excuse me, I was uh, really supported um, oh, by okay. my family and able to do it. So that that's been yeah it's just I've just always done it I've not really known anything else that the only sort of flip side of that is as I've got older and I thought hang on a sec are there other things that make me happy you know are there other things that I enjoy because through my 20s I was just so focused and just running 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 um and then hit my 30s and yeah really needed a lie down Mm. (laughs) by that point I really was in a bit burnout spill to be honest like we hear you know we hear so many women saying but I really and guys um I I did hit a wall a little bit and then after that I I was like okay what else what else is there because this has been my absolute sole focus for so many years and I you know started to find there are other things that interest me and I'm not nearly as confident with other things it's so weird whereas what I do I imagine for so many people is like god that's so scary how can you get up on stage how can you do this how can you do that but for me trying to get other things off the ground is actually where I'm suddenly you know fine I don't feel as confident because this is all I've ever known um but this is where I'm just I'm just trying so even things that you know you ask me to do this podcast I just say yes just say yes like whatever's going on um and that was a thing that came into my life I was on a job um a couple of years ago a few years ago was doing an I did an episode of Doctors as a different character before I went in as a regular and I worked with this brilliant actress and she said oh it's happening again and I was like what she said oh my husband's just messaged me saying we're doing a month of yes I was like what's a month of yes and she said well you just have to say yes to everything that that comes in you're allowed that you're allowed boundaries you're allowed what you know can be nothing that compromises you emotionally or financially um whatever but it's uh yeah but essentially you have to say yes and I tried it after that I was like that's a good idea I'm going to give that a go and I did a month of yes and it went brilliantly and then I ended up doing three months of yes and then I was really tired from doing everything (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh it's a good thing so generally you know I don't 
I, I also realize now that no can be another way to say yes to yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that no is a, an essential word in the um in one's vocabulary but I uh yeah I try to just I love that it's the opportunities people are so scared to say yes to things and also no sometimes we say yes when we want to say no and it's that boundaries I boundaries are so important and it's something that I thought I had before but I really really embody boundaries now and I, I coach people around boundaries because it's you know it's that you have to have them for 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 so much because so many people you know as we were saying say say yes when they want to say no and say no when they want to say yes but they're scared yeah. Um, I love I that. The, oh, sorry, I was just going to say with the saying no thing. I think sometimes there's that pleasing part of yeah. us, and that good girl. You know, I definitely have that going on where I feel, you know, I don't know, like I want to be liked, and I want mm. to be. Uh, oh, I don't know what I want to be, but I, I think that's a, a deep down little driver that would have me say yes to something that really inwardly I'm thinking, oh God, I can't take this on. I'm doing this. I'm doing that blah 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 but I but there's that part that wants to please and I think that's something that a lot of us has you know carry with us and um I really really want to really want to turn that one down mm -hmm. <laughs> to that's it and a great way is tuning into your body isn't it and then, you know obviously you practice yoga tuning into the the body rather than the mind the mind will always go to the familiar Mm -hmm. um we you know our nervous system's triggered we have a habitual response to things and but actually it's about turning the volume down in the mind and really dropping into the body and asking the body you know what do you need what do you want um and if we just give it a little bit of silence and allow it to answer the answer that's the truth that's 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 the that's your soul speaking to you rather than your mind your mind will always just go into you know this answer and that answer and control and oh and what will people think and uh, oh I'm really scared not to do that or you know I'm not good enough and the, the you know the the monkey mind but actually turning that volume down and really tuning into the body and asking the body what do you need and allowing it to answer allowing the answer to come it's really beautiful it's really beautiful and your body wants to talk to you. your body's communicating with you all the time when we feel you know out of alignment um it's our body's way of saying you know something's not right here you know just slow down just slow down and tune into me i'm here so true even hearing you say that i'm like ah, it's making me relax <laughs> but it's a separation as well as between body and brain and mind and we i think see things see it as different entities you know like our mind sits like sits on top of our bodies like it's completely um uh, you know disconnected but I don't think that is the case and you when you do start to feel into your body and feel you know notice where how you experience things and you know even just some of the more obvious things like butterflies in your tummy like why do we call it that what is that like that's the thing you can yeah getting, getting curious and, and having that time just to to drop into it and ask it questions it's so powerful and we, we hold so much energy in our bodies, whether, you know, that's trauma related, even from our past. You know, when you, we talk about this, um, 
you know, things that have happened in our past and things that we hold on to in our bodies, it's really important to tune into that and to release that stuck energy because if not, if, if, if we don't release that stuck energy, then we really struggle to manifest and to bring in the things that we really do want because there's just no space. Mm-hmm. Um, and you definitely, when you were talking about experiencing that as an actress in the past around, you know, taking on that role, um, what would you say? Because, you know, you've done so much, right? You've done so many acting roles, which is just incredible. And I guess people looking from the outside in will think, wow, that's just incredible. Was there any moments where you thought, I don't want to do this anymore? I don't want to do this anymore. Um, gosh, that is a really good and important question, really. Yeah, there have been moments where I felt that. I think less... <laughs> trying to think I mean I think there'd be moments where I felt like I can't do this I can't do it you know like I've been about um I remember probably the most intensely intense feelings that was during Strictly and just being about to walk out from behind the red curtain to do Mm -hmm. a dance and just feeling like I was about to I, I was so 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 nervous that literally everything just went dark inside my brain and I was it was just the most phenomenal stage fright mm-hmm. <laughs> so I remember thinking I can't do this I can't do this I can't do this and then something in me would have me step out from behind the curtain and I'd do it and I could do it and I and I'd even probably have told you afterwards that I actually really enjoyed it <laughs> I did mm-hmm. enjoy it kind of bizarre very intense process but you know but in, in kind of incredible um but, but yeah scary kind of, as well like I mean I I get nervous holding a meditation class for people I mean I and I love Strictly love it and I, I remember watching you got in the semi-finals didn't you yeah, yeah yeah so you did so well but that nerve those nerves before it to go out there like you say did you in those moments did you think this isn't worth it my nervous system's actually like not, yeah not then but later that's basically I, I went on to do a lot of theatre after that um I did a show in the West End called Burn the Floor which I absolutely I, I absolutely loved that love love loved it that was I've worked with the most mm-hmm. amazing company and uh, after Strictly you know that was it's a very that is an incredible experience but also really it was you know very vulnerable very just every I felt like a little snow globe that had, had a really good well like a I was kind of a snow globe and a glitter ball that had had a really big shake and just needed to let everything settle and then I found myself in this um West End show but a uh, uh, ballroom and Latin West End show and this company just I felt scooped they scooped me up and they popped me back on my feet mm. and I'll just forever be grateful to them for that they, we had an incredible director um, Jason Gilkinson who uh, choreographs for Dancing with the Stars and uh, Strictly now but he was just he just understood artists and he understood creatives and he just knew how to he knows how to hold space for a group of creatives respectfully and beautifully and it was a lovely lovely experience and then after that I did I did another shirt play and a film and then I went on to do Chicago and I played Roxy in Chicago for a year which I was that I was very far out of my comfort zone there 
but also as an actor she's just that's just a dream of a role she's just mm. such a great character so there was so much there for me and yeah I, I don't even know sorry I don't you know when you start a sentence and you think I don't oh, even I know do that all the time I do that all the time you know, I'm going with this, I'm like, uh, really, what am I talking about what am I talking about <laughs> what am I even saying it was the adrenaline yeah the adrenaline and the nervous system mm. I think doing a year of it on and on the road that took its toll to be honest mm. and so I hit 30 during that role and during that year's contract and by the end of that that was where I was a bit burnout spill mm. and I needed to lie down for a while after that and it was just literally it was just the the adrenaline and the cortisol night after night after night and when you're touring as well you have a press night every Monday because you're in a new venue so it means reviews every Monday and all that, that that sort of stuff so you're on a very short cycle whereas if if you're in town doing a show you know you have your previews you have your press night and then you're kind of up and running and you're off um mm. and then the show can really settle but we had this sort of spike every Monday of being, you know, which in some ways keeps it really fresh and keeps it really alive, but it's just also quite a lot of pressure. Mm. Uh, Yeah. So I think by the end of that, I was like, I'm not, I felt, I remember feeling, and I, and I still feel, I don't know how good this is for my body. This is really, uh, this is really taking its toll. Mm. So I haven't actually, I haven't toured since then. I've made a bit of a decision not to do that. And, um, but then it's difficult with our career as well, because I did just as I got pregnant, just before I found out I was pregnant, I was offered a tour and it was a, a shorter one, but it was a lead role in a play mm-hmm. and uh, probably one of the biggest parts in a play I'd have ever had, the female lead in it. And I was like, yes, mm-hmm. I, want this. I want to do it. I want to do it. Even though the other little voice in my head is, you remember how this was last time. Um, but then I found out I was pregnant a few weeks later and I knew that I wouldn't be able to fulfill the contract. So I actually pulled out of it. Um, okay and I guess that's you know it's maybe been a gift yeah yeah I mean you didn't do it but you know <laughs> your body will have gone through some other some other stuff that will happen a baby right now yeah definitely I mean god there's, there's so much in what we're talking about because when we were talking about inhabiting your body and experiencing your emotions and then there's a lot I think in being postpartum you know I'm six months postpartum in the kind of process of reclaiming my body in a way after pregnancy is a Mm. thing as well and you know recovering and and all of that getting used to sleepless nights especially during covid because you had your baby right at kind of the beginning of when it was all kicking off with covid yeah so we had her a few days before lockdown um and then came home and we were just it just felt like us against the world to be honest for the Mm. first few months we didn't have any family around or anything but I think it'll be... And how was that then? Was that, you know, how did that feel, you know, not having the family coming around, you know, with seeing the baby, holding the baby, the things that we typically do, you know, when, you know, sometimes when we're mums, like your mum comes and helps and does, I'll take the wash and I'll take the baby, have her sleep. Not having that, how was that? dying for someone else to put the kettle on or put a load of washing on that wasn't one of us I think that was a kind of I remember that being an overriding thing and just I I think we'll look back on it It, in some ways has been was incredible because we had this time as a little family to really bond and David so bonded and he's you know barely missed the bath time and bedtime I think he's he's been out for two evenings you know he works in the West End and the West End's dark still so he's at home and 
um, we, we find ourselves co-parenting, which completely, which wasn't something that we planned, but is actually amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think really good for Isla as well. So there's lots of positives, definitely. But uh, yeah, I really missed my mum and I missed that. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I've completely processed. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that when, when we are dealing <laughs> As a, as a human, we, we deal with it, we get on the hamster wheel and we just, you know, pedal, we spin, spin, spin. And it's actually sometimes not till everything's settled down, even six months, 12 months, 18 months later, that our body starts to process and then those, you know, those emotions start to come. Yeah, I know that I'm, I guess what's probably indicating to me that maybe there is a lot to process is the fact that now we're, there's discussions about, um you know going into another lockdown and what the winter's going to be like and all of this kind of stuff i can in my internal dialogue is going oh god no 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 not again oh no <laughs> just uh, the i feel you know feel like i was have just started to get my confidence going out and about with her and i joined some mother and baby groups because i was just dying to be around other mums and other and I want her to socialize and be around other children and yes we need to protect her from COVID and you know protect each other and protect our families and everything um but I also feel for her immune system she does need to be around other children and all this sort of stuff and yeah so I don't know it's just it she need yeah needs to get all the colds and coughs and all the bits mm -hmm. that kids go through you know probably yeah, counting my lucky stars that she's not having that at the moment but it's yeah, uh, I don't know. It's like I've just had a taste of a bit more normalcy and I'm and was scared to lose that again. Yeah. I but I think maybe that's a universal thing at the moment. Like this new normal is really challenging. Oh, it is. It's challenging for so many and there's so many things that we cannot control. And I guess it's about really protecting your energy and ensuring that you are you're showing up for you and you're you know did I say it but I say it I'll say it anyway putting yourself first which is something we really struggle to do as parents but it's really important that we do because if we put ourselves first it's not that we're we're seeing that other people don't matter and our babies and our our children and our, our friends and family don't matter they absolutely do but when we protect our energy and we lean into those emotions and give ourselves that time to to process to feel you know whether that's you know your yoga journaling meditation um journaling's an amazing exercise as well just for really just brain dumping getting everything out of your head and onto paper and um, showing up for you first and then giving to other people you know, giving to the baby because when when we give to um, other people, we can just give them from a place of you know love. Um, there's no real resentment or anything there. You know, it's like me first. I always say that. You know, me first, and it's funny because I never ever was like that yeah. ever before. It was like no me first I was like oh, I can't say that you know it's like that you know when I set up this podcast she loves herself that term me first was selfish that term she loves herself was a bad thing like oh who do you think you are you love yourself oh 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 have you seen her she loves herself it's like you have to love yourself you have to 
love yourself because how can you possibly give unconditional love to anyone else if you don't fully love yourself you're really missing out and see yourself hear yourself you know be seen be heard be all of the part I think there's so often the parts like of ourselves that we don't want to show and we don't want to be pe- pe- to be known when actually I think deep down we do want to be known we mm-hmm. do want someone to see that we might be in pain or that we might be exhausted or that we might just need a bloody cup of tea <laughs> um but yeah the little bits that we um that I think deep down we do want to be known fully but it's yeah I think that it maybe it's a cultural thing a societal thing that there's oh you know good girl I don't know back to the good girl I don't know why that's on my mind but like you know nice girls don't you know show off or love themselves or do this or do that or be bossy or be this or be that and what are we supposed to be Mm -hmm. like what's definitely and that's it and that's why i say we we get so in our heads and it's so important to tune into our bodies our our body won't lie to us you know the energy in that space won't won't lie to us and mind will lie to us but the the body and the energy in there really won't if we slow down and just allow it to to talk to us and communicate and when you talked about you know you want to be liked and we all want to be liked right so Going back to you when you were acting in, in a show like Hollyoaks, there was lots of beautiful girls in Hollyoaks. Did you ever find that tough to, you know, look a certain way or was there ever any backlash? Did you ever feel that you were in competition with people and feel like you had to show up and look a certain way and be a certain way? You know, truthfully, I think I was really, really... I felt like we were lucky with the gang that we had. I have some really amazing girlfriends from that show and we're still still really um, close with each other. So I think, uh, what do I actually think? I remember, so you know my friend Sarah Dunn, mm-hmm. we, who played Mandy on Hollyoaks, we, they started writing for us as best friends and they were writing comedy for us and they were writing positive storylines for us and we were like we want more of this this is important Mm -hmm. because women can connect and relate in a way that isn't competitive and that isn't wanting to pull the rug out from under each other's Mm -hmm. feet and the way that is often shown in uh, media is these you know female relationships where there's jealousy and Mm -hmm. rivalry and envy and all this kind of stuff and inevitably competing over men competing over whatever um and then we suddenly got these stories that weren't that. And we were like, this is good. We need more of this. This is what mm. we need to be putting out there. And I think it lasted for a little while, but then other storylines came in and it didn't end up, you know, we, we hoped and imagined for a world where that would be more of a central sort of story. But that, I think we enjoyed it so much because it was representative of what was happening for us, outside, you know, within our reality, which was we were really close and really supportive. We were a group of young women who were experiencing a really successful time. We were mostly all away, you know, away from home. Um, yeah, it was like our university years. And 
thank God, we all kind of leaned in. Um, mm. And that's why we still have the friendships that we have today, I think, and have now, we have that amazing shared experience, but also have shared marriages and babies and heartbreaks and all of the ups and downs of life, you know, grief, everything, you name it, over the years, um, together as a, as a group of friends. So, mm. yeah, I think that was really, really helpful. What would you say has been you know, the most, I'm going to ask you two questions, the highlight of your career um, and the probably the darkest, most difficult point in your career. I mean, Hollyoaks will always be really close to my heart because that's kind of, it was a really big break for me. I was 19. Um, we had an amazing time, built some beautiful friendships. Mm. So that was, you know, getting that job, that phone call to say that I got that job. That was the phone call that kind of changed the sh- everything really so I think that will always be really close to my heart um the difficult uh times probably the darkest times I'd say it was just probably post Chicago turning I was 30 everything just slowed down and I suddenly wasn't getting all the phone calls and uh didn't really know what I'd always known what my next step look like I, I've always been very sort of tuned into okay this needs to happen next this is the type of job I need to go for and inevitably if I put it out there strongly enough it would happen um and then I suddenly didn't know I didn't know what the next step should look like I didn't yeah I didn't know what to do and I was really exhausted and probably on a bit of a come down post you know post strictly post all these incredible theatre jobs um and yeah I think it was a really tough time but then I look back and I was and all the voice in my head even right now is like yeah but you needed that <laughs> you needed that time I really needed that so much as it felt at the time like what is happening that literally was the moment the music mm. stopped and I stepped off the carousel um and it was really confronting because when you're used to running at a certain pace all your life you suddenly like, okay, who am I when I'm not doing this? Um, yeah. Who am I when I'm not doing this? Who are you? What have you identified since then? Who am I? <laughs> I'm all who of it. Who am I? Who am I? I'm, uh, I'm all of it. I mean, you know, I'm an actress. I'm a mum. I'm a wife. I'm a... Um, training at the moment I mean these are all I've obviously gone straight into listing jobs so that's just a a natural place for my brain to go to and I like to think I'm not completely defined by uh, my career I'm god yeah I'm all of it I'm happy I'm sad I'm fun I'm quiet I'm introvert I'm extrovert Um, oh I love that all of it a big mess of all of it and that's okay that's okay by me Oh my goodness, you have been just amazing. I cannot thank you enough for coming on. This has just been so, so lovely. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I feel like I've had therapy as well. <laughs> thank you. I don't know if that's how I was supposed to be. Thank you for the most amazing coaching session. <laughs> this is just, I've just loved speaking to you. Your energy is beautiful and I am positive that the listeners will get so much from, you know, listening to to this episode and you just embracing your you know your whole self and and sharing deeply with us as well so thank you so so much thank you thank you for your time and i wish you so much luck with it all oh thank you thank you she loves herself 
with Jill Ritchie. This episode is sponsored by Unearth Your Power. Unearth Your Power is an incredible 21-day online life transformation course that will focus on your past, present and future, allowing you to manifest your dream life. And of course, this course was created by myself and my amazing sister from another mister, Lynette Gray. Use our code SLH50 to get £50 off this incredible life-changing course.